Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey guys, Stace here from the Thinker Girls. We are recording a live 411 every Thursday at the Sheaf in Double Bay. Come and have a drink with Christy and I and join in on all the fun of watching The Bachelor. If you're into it or not, I'm not so much, you will enjoy the night. Thursday nights at the Sheaf in Double Bay, Sydney. Pod channel. Hello, I'm Stacey June. And I'm Christy Mercer. G'day, g'day. G'day, g'day. Sounds weird. I hate And how you going? G'day, g'day. My neck feels like it's on fire, actually, like a bit mentholy. This neck is on fire. Sing it, sister. Uh, uh, uh. This neck is on fire. So is my jaw now that I think about it. Yeah. Mine's from peppermint oil, yours is from anxiety. <laughs> yeah, two very different things. Yes. Welcome to our pod channel. We are doing the catch-up episode today where we chew the fat and catch up as the two mates that we are. You mm-hmm. can listen to this pod channel and expect all different conversations and podcasts from guest interviews to posse podcasts where we solve your problems to a 411, which we've taken over with the Batchy Recap whilst the Australian Bachelor series is on. What would you say would be the through line of these conversations? Because if you just, up. well, just all like the pod channel in general. Because if you've just stumbled across this, and I was listening to a podcast recently. The Blind Leading the Blind. Yeah, and, and he was very good at explaining what you can expect from most of the chats. Oh, cuz he cuz he said something like um the a lot of these chats, a lot of these conversations are about making your life just a bit better. Okay, I've got one. You know I'm pretty okay, good at so this. Okay, so byline, you are um, very good at this PR background hashtag. The Thinker Girls, uh navigating the complexities of what it is to be a woman day oh, there by you day. Go. That's good. Yeah. I like- because I think that's it. There's so many different layers. There's so many different things we want to talk about on this show and we don't fit in a box. So don't no. put us in one. No. I'm quite uh, happy in the place we are. Granted, yeah. it's got its pitfalls. <laughs> Let's be completely honest. Um, right. But also, it has its ups. Ain't no rules. Yeah, yeah, Ain't yeah, no body. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely at, like once we look back at the year, once it ends, we'll we'll see that it leveled out. It's Stop just, being so it's keen just, for this year to end. Sorry, whatever. Oh, we constant. You constantly go back to this. You're like, I just want to do it. Well, it's negative heavy. You know, like we're, it, we're, it's starting to really pan out, but we haven't lived that life yet. We haven't lived the next few months where I know it's going to level out the first half. of Just the year. know that at our 100th episode a couple of weeks ago, we did a live show for it. We'll pop the link in show notes. It's just pretty. Emo, a hundredth episode for this year alone mm-hmm. since the podcast channel mm-hmm. launched. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was three years ago we did our one hundredth episode, so we've been banging these bad boys out and for quite some time. And we've almost hit half a million yeah. downloads just this year alone. Yes, yeah. Um, and one of the girls, our posse members, came up to me. She goes, "Oh, thank God you're off the radio station now. The, sh- the podcast now is so much better." 
Mm. And I was like, oh, that's nice to hear. A lot of people have yeah. said that. Yeah. If you are enjoying it like this particular posse member, do you remember her name? Probably no, not. No, I no. Know. Um, you know what I'm you, like with names. Oh, gosh. <laughs> You're just as bad, though. We've had some people that have come to every single live show, and I think there's two names that I know. Yeah, me too. Um, if you do like the show, like our beautiful posse members who we love, just there's so many of you and only two of us, um, please make sure you're subscribing to this channel. So the subscription is actually what brings us up on the iTunes charts, not your rating or review. However, we do appreciate that. But what we have realized is sometimes I look at those charts and go, really? Are they really getting more listens than us? It's and then the more, yeah, the more yeah. research I put in, I did, uh, the more I realized that we were telling people to do the wrong thing mm, okay well you live and you learn don't yes, you yes yes um okay today on the pod channel i want to talk about the fact that i my whole entire life it's not been an if it's a when about when i will get breast implants and i am so glad i changed my position on that and i want to talk about how and i'm i'm going to be working this out as we as i discuss it on the show Great. so i haven't quite figured out I suppose the end point of this of this conversation but the conversation I want to have is that I think we invest the wrong I think we invest time in the wrong friendships at times oh. and I think the friendships that we need to invest in are often the ones that get put to the side okay that's interesting. Yeah, it's just something and I'll tell us I'll share a story. Do you want to kick off with that? Sure. Um Essentially, I've got a friend in Sydney where we've lived for a couple of years, but not where I have been from and not where a lot of my core group and core family and friends Mm. are from. Mm. Um, I've got a particular friend who has certainly felt very instantly like family. Mm -hmm. And it was just a real situation where, and I look for this in friends, for people that I'm comfortable enough to have in my home mm-hmm. and I'm therefore in their home, kind of couch buddies or, you know, coming over for dinner buddies. Because we do, not so much this year, but in the past, a lot of the work and everything you do is so, I don't know, fancy and blah, blah, blah. I've just really enjoyed this year of staying home, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of feeling like, that is a good gauge of where you are with your friendships if you can have people in your home and you can relax and it's uh, it, it just sets up a bit of a tone rather than there's I know all of you listening will have these friends there's particular friends that you'll just catch up for a drink with yeah and it'll be every few yeah. months and yeah. you'll always go out for a drink they'll never come to your house I think there's something really different this particular friend um from very early yeah. days was a coming around for dinner that's friend. actually a very good gauge because I'm thinking about the people in my life mm. and the ones that I'm really that that core sense of like family mm. are always come over mm. or I'll just pop around. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pop around. Right. Are you home? Yeah. Sick. All right. I'll be there soon. Yeah. You know, or, or I've got extra food. Come around. And it's not, I think it's the th- not being a thing. But then that, yeah. Do you think that, do you think that's got something to do with the home thing? The lack of having to plan and lock something in? I just think it means that you're your most comfortable, to be honest. But what I think happens, and then I think the ones where you catch up for drinks every now and then, I don't think are, you know, better or worse, but I think they are a different type of friendship. And in my definition of what I'm looking for in a friend, I certainly am feeling like a true core friend is someone that's has been to my house or, you know, there's kind of that intimacy level. And I've realised that 
I, over the past month, have probably had more planned random catch-up drinks Mm. with people rather than having people around. The point of the conversation that I wanted to bring today was is that I'm in a bit of a pickle as to as much as there is this really lovely synergy around the people that come over and drop in, I feel like somehow those friendships can be put to the wayside when you're actually investing your time into catching up with people. So you're saying you put less time into the people that you feel comfortable with that just pop around because you're trying to forge those new relationships? No, I just think the how you set up planning um, catch-ups yeah. can really be very detrimental to how much you invest in a friendship. And whilst I love the friendships that come over or do the house thing, I've just said I, I recognise that they're probably moving into more of a truer friendship than others. Yeah. I find that those types of catch-ups are much harder to actually end up planning because they are relaxed. So then you end up having more time or more scheduled time for these random surface friends. Mm. And I don't know how to get out of that because it's bizarre because – uh, yeah, you could say just let it go and, and it takes it takes its own, I suppose, journey. But I'm a person that is trying to fast track that journey because I've been here for a couple of years and I certainly want to stay where I am, but I certainly am still feeling like there's points of my friendships that I haven't quite hit that I would like to hit at this stage, especially before I have children. Do you think there's something in that theory? We've done this on the show before, but that thing where you're almost – meaner to your siblings or to your besties because you there's always this knowing that they'll always be around well that's kind you of know what my I mean point. like where it's almost like I don't need to particularly make as much effort or invest as much in these particular friendships because it's already kind of a done deal yeah and that's my point I think oh, at the same time now. as much as you've got to let those things establish the way they do it is harder to have that considered schedule catch-up with those types of friends because that's the whole essence and loveliness around those friendships is you don't have to really have the schedule. But at the same time, I actually believe you need to have a little bit of column A and column B to really invest because I feel like then those friendships sometimes can be the first things to take a bit of a cut. And and I guess I'm falling back on my friendship with my very best friend, Peanut. And Erin and I have been best mates since we were 12 years old. And I was saying to you off air, actually, I've never classified her as my high school friend because I, we've never really built our friendship off the past. It's always been very present and very looking forward. Mm. It's just the kind of women we are. Mm. But one thing that I've been able to establish with Ez over the years is this really lovely synergy between having sleepovers and having couch time and making considered time to catch up as well. There's like this balance Mm. of let's go out for lunch and just come round. And I think that's why she is my best mate is because I actually have a nice balance of the both. And I think sometimes we get, like I said, I was saying, you can get a bit lazy in the friends that are always there. And I just think it's a bit of a a one to watch. So I said to this mate recently because he was starting to call – the friend in Sydney that's yes. become like a family yes. friend. Yes, he has started. We've started calling each other sis, and he listens to the show. You know which friend I'm talking about. 
and and he and I said to him, we've got to be really careful that we watch that we're not these people that end up, you know, taking three weeks to have our catch ups because we kind of know we're locked and loaded now, or we're really mm-hmm. quite because we're still quite an early friendship. But there still needs to be a level of investment, and that's right. I think that's what it is. And I, I look back and I compare myself, I compare my friendships, or I look at. Uh, peanut and my friendship as a bit of a example I suppose of something and I, I often said this in my in my past life when I was single that it was the healthiest relationship I had easily I'd say it very often and I look back at that as a bit of an example of what has worked for me and obviously what has worked for someone else and I think there is the the common denominator with the two of us is there is a very equal commitment of investment Mm. that we both work very similar similar we both like to socialize the same way so we like home but we also like to commit so we will go for a drink or we will try different things every now and then but it's not the basis of our friendship mm. and there is an investment in doing both yeah i think that's a good i think that's a good point because i'm even thinking about it from a um not even just a friendship but even from a relationship perspective and it's there's something that you said a couple of weeks ago on the pod channel that I've been thinking about a lot um it was last week's catch-up actually when I said this guy's completely come out of the blue that he, that he said he's not keen and I was explaining to you the first time that I saw him after meeting him which was he came around in his trackies and just sat on the couch mm-hmm. you know and you were like yeah that's a that's a red flag for me and I was mm-hmm. like what do you mean blah 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 and I've been thinking about that a lot and talking about it to a mate and we go Oh my God, Stace is so right. There is this symbolism around the amount of effort that's exerted. There still should be an element in a relationship where, um, or, you know, dating or, you know, romantic or friendship where you like pop on some heels and you go out to a bar. You know, because even though you feel comfortable with your face mask on and your hair up mm. in a towel at home in your bloody moccasins. Mm. You also want to make that effort for yourself but also for that other person. Yeah. Like to invest, yeah, to invest in it um, not just being, yeah, not just being this kind of. Um, Comfortable place yeah, really this, early. This, this ease. Yeah, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I think, you, and just because you want that and crave that doesn't mean you should go straight there. I mean, that's a really good point in that thinking about it in all different types of ways and different types of relationships. Because it's effort. When you crack down to it, it is how much effort are you putting into and this particular you, relationship. And what are you saying to it? Mm. You know, what are you saying? Are you saying, I care enough to make this time, time work? And, and I noticed that I was just as guilty as this other person that we'd say let's catch up on Sunday or we'll get to Sunday I'm like oh I think I'm probably going to do a yoga class now or and I would just drop the plan and I was mm. like nah that's bullshit mm. just because I felt like I've really connected with this person that can't be the first person I end up dropping the ball with I think we need to put lipstick on for our friends too mm. Yeah. You know, like yeah. make effort, invest. Don't wonder where they've fallen, you know, and especially in my case, don't want friendships that go deep and go family and 
and have investment without really putting in the work. I like, just don't think, take them for granted. I just think it's a good thing to even be conscious of. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of the time we're like, we're not thinking about even the different types of friends we have. No. We just think about friends. So who am I slotting in where and who am I seeing? So I think even taking one step further back, yeah. like maybe start thinking about the types of friends that you have and the types of friendships that you want to have. And it's interesting with because since I've been in a relationship and got married, I certainly have had less need for those in in invested intimate friendships yeah. because I all of a sudden had all of these um, these feelings and intimacy levels fulfilled from my husband now. But it's certainly at a point where I, I'm coming up for air a little bit mm. and realising that, um, A, I can't put that much pressure on my relationship and, B, I've never, ever been a girl that hasn't had core friendships. And I think the person I am today is because of my investment in friendships because you have different brains, different energy levels, uh, different types of advice. And I think you need to have different colors. So mm. I, I really don't want to let that part of my life drop and, and thinking about having kids and moving into mm. that space. I just want to make sure that I'm very present because yeah. it will go up and down. Yeah, of course. But I know who I am, you know, and, and it's it's important to have that core, I suppose, understanding or awareness of what works for you and what you need to work on. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. never been uh, an if, it's been a when I get my boobs. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would have heard us... A boob job, yeah, just boob for job. those of you yeah, that yeah. are playing along at home. So you might have heard um, a couple of days ago on the pod channel, we had Carissa Pukas, who's a Canadian beauty vlogger. We've had her on the podcast going back years ago. Mm-hmm. And she, Twice, I think. Yeah, and she, um, she was talking a lot about um, the ordeal that she's been through over the last, you know, the best part of, you know, a decade over the sickness and the autoimmune disease and the crazy list of symptoms that she has had post-breast uh, enhancement. I think it's called breast implant illness. I think there's actually a title for it now. And I think there's a lot more awareness around this too. She did this this video that we have put across our socials, but we'll put the link in show notes as well in case mm-hmm. you've missed it or, you know, it's just kind of um, going, oh, okay, I want to know more about this, um, it, that went crazy viral because – there are so many women out there getting breast augmentation, having implants and getting snippets of random symptoms, whether that be hair loss, whether that be body odor, whether it be migraines, whether it be food intolerances and not really connecting the dots and realizing that your body physically is trying to reject something and it's trying to fight it. Just like if you had a splinter, 
your body tries to essentially attack itself to get rid of the the foreign object. I think so many of us have a friend that we can think of that Mm. was maybe just the one friend that was always like, I will be getting my boobs done or... I would love to get my boobs done. Or- I would go and try on bathers, say, as if as a fifteen year old, or yeah, even later, as a you know twenty year old, and try them on and be like, oh, these don't suit my body now. But when I've got my boobs, like when I've saved up my ten k, these will look really great. It was almost like this planning for when like mm. so it was beyond oh would it be nice to be able to fill out this top it was like oh my future body these will look great mm. but now I can't wear them that's a bit of a goddamn shame but I'll just stick to the bandeau currently how bizarre because you're like living in denial about what your actual body is oh totally and I, I remember I think I was in year 11 or 12 at the time so you've you know gone through and everybody's different but you, you've kind of gone through puberty you, a lot of people would you know have grown as much as they would have grown whether be height wise you know breast wise hip wise all that kind of stuff and I just remember looking around and I went to an all-girls school so there was about 1200 girls so I don't know maybe 300 girls in my year level and I remember looking around at our graduation I still remember the moment me sitting there looking at every single girl in my entire year level's boobs and going comparing going yeah oh is she nah I'm flatter than her look oh no that girl Sam she's got pretty small boobs Oh, no, mine are smaller. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh, my God, out of 300 girls, I've got the flattest chest. And it almost was like this telling myself this confirmation where I was like, that is my path. I will get I will get breast implants because obviously I need to. Like if I'm the flattest out of 300 girls, then obviously I'd want to change my body. I don't like it that much. And it's funny because even up until, I don't know, maybe 12 months ago, 18 months ago, we did this on the the radio show and I was quite defiant about it, I think, because you were questioning, you know, we, we speak so much about this level of love and acceptance for yourself and, you know, your, your physical self and loving your body and who you are and where you're at. So where do you kind of sit in that, you know? And I remember... I remember maybe entertaining the thought for a second where I was like, maybe I don't want to get boobs anymore. And then I was like, nah, 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 nah. Obviously, I do. I love myself. I love my body. I mean, you know, apart from the fact that I want to change it, I still love it. Mm. You know, and I think um, it's probably not until now I look back on that and go, oh, no, I don't think you did at all, actually. Mm. It's interesting because there's so many people that, I, there is not a judgment from my end at all. Everybody, It's your body. It's what you want to do. But I think there is a lack of deeper thought that is given around it. I think I even wrote for news.com about it actually, saying just because I want a boob job doesn't mean I hate my body. Yeah. And I wouldn't say I hated my body. No. But did I love my body and did I really accept it and did I really cherish it? No. Yeah. Because I cherished the 90% that I liked and resented the 10% that I wanted to change. Mm. So is that wholly accepting yourself? No. No. And I I don't, you know, as you say, no judgment because each to their own. And, you know, maybe there are people out there that go, no, I 100% 
love my body, I would just feel better and more confident with, and it might not even be breast implants. It might be if I get this Botox, you know, or if I change this about myself. Or if, Botox yeah, now. it's intense. Or if I change my hair color, you know what I mean? Like let's drill down. It's not just, I mean, obviously plastic surgery is obviously a more in, intense um, form of changing your, or, you know, morphing your body or your physical appearance. Mm. But let's think about all of the things that we do, not just as women, but just as people. Mm. You know, the way, why don't you like your hair colour the way that it is? What's that saying? Like mm. if you're constantly changing your hair colour from being brown to blonde, is that because you feel better and more confident as a blonde? Mm-hmm. Or is it because you don't really like yourself, you know, or you think that you won't get as much attention if you're a brunette? Mm-hmm. You know, just even thinking about those things, it's quite an unconscious thing from the time that we're quite young. You shave your legs or you shave your armpits or you change your hair or you change your eyebrows or you, you know, you know, put fake tan on. And, and I'm not saying the outcome changes, but just even that thought process to go, why am I doing that to my body or why am I changing this physical, you know, attribute? Is it because I really deep down don't like it or is it because I feel more confident but I still do like it? But I think I, I think you can still not like something and and I don't know how I think there's an element for some things where you say I like it better this way or I like you know I'm not really a I don't really like the color pink so I I prefer the color purple you know we've all kind of got preferences to some degree Mm. I don't think that it all ends up being a disdain on who we are and what our body is I think a lot of some degree some of it is decoration and we choose to decorate ourselves a certain way but I do think that there is a different line when you start to get a scissor or a knife and you start to literally cut your body. I think there's a pretty big difference. Mm. And that's that's just an that's just a drawing the line on the conversation that or you know just the, the things that you just said. I and I totally am the same. We had this conversation I think on air where I did speak about the fact that I dye my hair blonde and and all those kinds of things. But at the same time I do think there is a different level of um, of permanency that is around some of the plastic surgery that people are con- considering and do ta- partake in. Well, there was this um, piece on 60 Minutes not so long ago. I'll, I'll chuck the link in show notes. It was really interesting about where we're moving as a society and women in particular, especially with Instagram, with social media, with this kind of um, exchange of cosmetic surgery for post, which is actually legal to to do that um and this kind of rise of of this perfect looking insta model type body type face type you know hair makeup and and it's and I do I don't know I don't know if there's more pressure than there's ever been to look a particular way because I think there's always been pressure whether it be magazine covers or what you see on tv but I but I do think there seems to be more access and more ability and it is more commonplace these days with injectables and Botox and, you know, and that's what I even looked into, like going overseas to, to get breast implants or, you know, going to one of the cosmetic surgeries that's come under incredible scrutiny because their lunchtime breast augmentation you're actually they, they put a, a what's called a, a twilight sedation so you're not actually even completely out like you're not completely um put out on the table you're kind of still awake 
and kind of still aware. And it's not even a plastic surgeon surgeon that actually does the surgery on you, which is, I think about that now and I was like, oh, I could save myself 8K. I was genuinely looking into it. And I think about that now and I'm like, fuck, that is so full on. So I feel like maybe even a few years ago, you think about a decade ago, how much more expensive and unattainable it was to get plastic surgery. Now you can go and get that done on your lunch break. And I went so far as to speaking to Carissa about where she'd gone and get her got her boob job done. She recommended the doctor. She said he was brilliant. Um, he was in Sydney. I made two appointments with him. I took my boyfriend at the time and we sat down and he asked me a couple of questions about why I, I wanted to get my boobs done, what kind of look I was going for, to the point where I tried on a bra and and held different kind of implants, the textured implants that terrifyingly Carissa spoke about as being even more dangerous because they are so new and less tested and we don't know the kind of effects that they can have on your body. So I chose the width, the diameter, the size, the teardrop, the texture, put them in this bra and kind of stood in a mirror and the doctor then said, okay, well, how are we feeling? Put this top over and he had to wear a tight top to see how it would kind of sit, you know, on your body. And he said, oh, he encouraged me. He said, if I were you, I'd probably go a bit bigger. I remember you saying remember? that. Because I said, if I'm going to... I remember I that. To I was hoping you were going to say that part because I was like, oh, it's just like tattooed in my brain. I thought to myself, if I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go through this, I'm going to pay the, it was, I think, 14K. Like I was seven seconds away from booking in the date. And the only reason I couldn't is because I'd recently had spinal surgery and I couldn't exercise for 12 months. And after this surgery, it was, and I just kind of got my fitness back. And not even from a physical perspective, more of a mental thing. I couldn't do yoga. I couldn't lift weights. I felt really kind of stifled. And after the surgery, you can't kind of lift anything because it's obviously they sever your pectoral muscle. And I was looking at getting the implants that go underneath the muscle as opposed to over the muscle, which are seen to be more natural looking. But you think about like underneath your armpit, they actually get a scalpel and cut that entire, you think about your pectoral muscles, they're completely cut. So washing hair, hands above your head, you know, at weight, doing weights, yoga, you couldn't do any of that for a minimum of three months. And that was the only reason in the end that I didn't book in the surgery. What about the size? Oh, well then I took his advice and I went a size bigger and a size wider. Even though I'd said to him so many times, I want them to look natural. I don't want to look like... word being, I took his advice. because... Him, he, 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 he. And who was there with you at the time? My boyfriend. Exactly. Men. This is the issue. We've literally come to this world where we just live for their opinion. I'm not saying that's what took you there, but then it kind of did because if you look at the way that the world works... There's the picture of big boobs because men said they like big boobs. Not because women said they like big boobs. Everybody wants big boobs because men somewhere in advertising decided that the ideal woman was a big-breasted woman. And then now some bozo who's charged you how much for just the consult. Oh, it was about 400 bucks. Yes, which yeah. I also found Remember. confronting. Yeah. And your boyfriend, who barely had time at, the, at, the, at that time to bloody get you a Gatorade when you were sick, had time to come to that consult and talk to you about the boobs you were going to get. Fuck that. It's not a witch hunt on him in particular or the doctor, but it just shows you a point of here we are. The people you're taking counsel from 
I'm in. Well, I think... And of course, at the time, you're going to trust your boyfriend. But then what's the fucking trust behind some bozo you've paid to go and have the consult with that says... You're entire, you should do a bigger size even though you didn't want it. I think it's so hard to dissect, like as you were saying, to dissect what you've been flashed in your face from advertising and media your entire life about what a perfect body is, what a perfect Woman set of breasts yeah. look like. You know what I mean? So it's really hard to kind of go, because I do like the look of big boobs. And still to this day, there are times, you know, I know my body now and I know there are particular dresses or bathers that work for my body. Just like if I had, if you had big breasts, there'd be particular tops that you would wear and particular tops that you don't. You know what I mean? And I really tried to subtly tell you that because it was hard. It's a hard conversation to have when you're the one that has big boobs and you're, and you're the one going to spend all money on trying to get them. But then I'm also trying to tell you that in a way the grass is greener but it felt so rich coming from a person that had something that you wanted. I can't say how glad I am I've landed here because you know those moments where you go, those really close to home sliding door moments where you're Mm. like, there's been a car accident and I was literally at that Mm. intersection 30 seconds prior Mm. or, oh, my goodness, there's been this thing that's gone down that I was seven seconds away from. Speaking to Carissa... I had my hairs on my arms were standing on end knowing the fact that I had sat in front of the doctor that had performed the surgery and she'd gotten the exact same implants that I was looking at getting and I'd sat there in for two consultations taking counsel and advice from this man and as you say I'm not saying it's he's the devil I think no. it's the industry in general yeah, yeah. but the fact that I knew And I look back and I now know how close I was to getting them and knowing the fucking hell that she has gone through for the last eight or so years, I just am so thankful that I have not had to experience what she has experienced to come out the other side and realise that I really actually love my body as Mm. it is. Mm. And I do really mean that. I think I've kind of said that in the past. You know, I'm like, I love my body but... I don't really have that many butts anymore, even the bits that I used to dislike. I do have small boobs. You know, there are elements of your body that you go, oh, my back's a bit crooked or my shoulders are a bit weird or oh, I have acne or I've cellulite on my legs. And all of those things that I used to hate now, I genuinely, I don't hate anymore. Mm. I really don't. And I think maybe I've, I don't know, said that and not really meant it. Or even the way I look at my body now, I get out of the shower and I've got full-length mirrors, you know, on my cupboards in my room. Sometimes I just stare at my body. And before I would be sucking in, pushing in my belly, holding up my my breasts to see what kind of cleavage I could get if they were this much bigger or this much higher. I don't do that anymore. Sometimes I just look at my body in the mirror and I'm like, hmm. I th- and I think to myself, yeah, I like you. It's not an easy road. And I think at the same time, you know, there isn't ever going to be a time where everything is perfect and not just with your body, but anything, you know, there's always little things that niggle. There's, and, and I think it's really important to identify that it may not be about your body and it may be about your mood or your mental health. At the end of the day, our relationship with the way we see ourselves and our physical selves is very much driven by how we're going in our minds. Mm. And I think it's just a really important thing to consider Mm. is that actually how we're looking at ourselves is often a state of where we are 
mentally. Mm. And and so if you are a person that's not in a place where you're ready to look at your body and, and love it like Chrissy just described or a person that's just worked very hard accepting what is like I have, um, just start really simply by being naked in the mirror. And I don't even think you need to obsess over yourself. You don't even need to look at all the crevices and look at all the parts and love all of it. But I think the first step is being able to just properly look at yourself. Oh, this this has been the first time in my whole life that I've been able to look in a mirror and not push my boobs together and wish there was something else. And you're right. There's not every time where I'm going, oh, look at you go. You're bloody stunning. Yeah, look yeah. at you, you racehorse. Yeah, and I, you know what I, mean? and I like, have days and I'm like, oh, whoa. That's yeah, I didn't notice all, that today. All the time. I'm not, yeah, I'm not like this hashtag love yourself. Sometimes I am. But I must but, have, I, but, but I just mean even that is a new thing not to physically push or pull something f- to imagine it be different. But I think it's also really important. I know when I look in the mirror when I get out of the shower and I'm naked, I know for sure that I'm feeling better about my body when I'm feeling better about myself, that my my head's good. Maybe I've meditated. Maybe I'm in a great mood. Maybe I've eaten well. I certainly don't think that's the case if I had too many wines on the weekend or I didn't get to that kind of job that I needed to do or that I haven't been disciplined in things that I really want to do for myself. And by the time it gets to Wednesday, I look at myself and I'm not so confident. That comes from all the things I just mentioned, not from my body being any different to what it was a couple mm, of weeks so before. That's so true. It's so not and the exterior. That's right. We've got to remember that what we're looking at is often coming from a decision or a work that we are, what we're working on within. Mm. And often how we see ourselves will be very, very, very managed by how we are mentally. Mm. So it's important to really know that that's where the control panel is. I think if you're somebody that you know, has gone and, and done some surgery and is feeling unsure and wants some some more information, you can listen to Carissa's um, podcast that we put up. We'll put that in show notes. She, in those show notes of that podcast, there are endless amounts of resources that she so generously organized for us. Yeah, we have put that in an article on thethinkergirls.com.au oh, okay. yeah. that you can check it all out. Right. There. So there's one place that will just constantly exist on the website. Um, and we wish you all the best. And if you're a, a person that has um, has considered it, then maybe just really consider the mental mm. um, point, I think. And, and the why. Yeah, yeah. and just thinking, thinking long and hard. Because I think people may still land there and people still may feel that's the best decision for them. But like well, I thought, But I thought that was me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that thing where you go to a therapist for one thing and then you end up going, oh, yeah. When you're so sure and set in what you think already – and then it ends up being a completely different thing. But you could end on the same place. Yeah. I think the point is go do some therapy, have some chats about why I want to make a, such a big decision. You know, you kind of – we should be counts, getting counsel on all kinds of decisions in our life, you know, not just – should I get married or should I buy that house or should I break up with this boyfriend or should I take that job and move into state? Should I get boobs? And I mean, it is a big should, decision. Yeah, and I yeah. think you take it seriously. Yeah. And if you land at the same place, then great. But but be responsible with your decision-making because as we've seen, it has some pretty hardcore effects if it doesn't if it doesn't turn out the way you, you want it. Mm. If you like this episode, you can rate and review it. But... As you said at the start, Stace, we would love for you to subscribe to this channel. That's how we get the good word out there. Oh, yes, please do. And we will see you again soon. Bye. Bye.
Hey guys, if you enjoyed the show, we would love and appreciate your support. Rate and review it on iTunes or subscribe to the show. You may be listening every week, yet not a subscriber, and all of it helps other people find out about where we are. This podcast is presented by The Thinker Girls, Stacey June and Christy Mercer. This podcast is produced by me, Christy Mercer, and edited by our podcast producer, Jordan Lott. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.